Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We have now added a new and revolutionary increase in destruction. Des and Troy. You see, when you put them together, they destroy. We got company. Hang on. This is the Daily Network. I'm Tyler. He is Lou. Let's get things started. Talking DraftKings. Main slate. Mostly cash games. Starting at the QB like we always do. Lou, it's really just the decision now that we have uh, the news that the Bills... The snow did come in Buffalo. But the Bills are going to Detroit to play in a dome. Weather is not a factor anymore. With that in mind, Josh Allen is usually the locked-in cash play. 8,500, respectfully, deservedly so. Is there a way, are you jamming Josh Allen in those cash lines up, cash lineups at 85? Uh, I'm going to try to. I think it can somewhat depend here on, well, A, I don't think they're out of Buffalo yet. No, yeah, I think um, they're, they're, they're playing leaves like in an hour and a half, technically, yeah. I believe. It's, it's like so, 2, 2.20, on a, a Saturday right now. So the plane has not left There's still a greater yet. than 0% <laughs> chance that this game doesn't happen. A non-zero chance, um, yes. And <laughs> I think if that were to happen, that'll change up the entire slate because obviously whenever Allen plays, you have Diggs in play. You have um, Dawson Knox, who will come to you later, probably too, and just the guys on the other side of the game. I, I don't know if we're as interested in the Browns players, but yeah, for me, like Josh Allen is just such a standout play and in the dome, the point total when they decided that this game was going to be moved, jumped up eight points like immediately. So already people are expecting there to be more scoring. People are calling Detroit, the new Coors field. Uh, does it still count as Coors field? If Detroit's not, playing defense there not so <laughs> sure but um for me i think he's just such a cut above the rest in projected points like he's going to be projected close to 30 points which no other qb really has that uh and we'll come to it probably but you have lamar jackson and jalen hurts on the slate and then as well as justin fields who those are probably the other three that can hit a ceiling that that josh allen can josh allen's Pretty much floor has been around 28 points. And these other guys, that's closer to their ceiling at this point. Um, mm-hmm. They have a little more difficult of matchups. So I'm trying to pay up for him. Uh, I think 8500 is an all right price for it. And I think I'm going to try to do that. Yep. I mean, it's going to be pretty straightforward. I'm doing the same thing. It's, it's, it's tough in a lot of places this week. But quarterback, I think you got to go Josh Allen because there just really isn't any other options out there. 
that are sticking out to us as you know good plays, plays that I have confidence in. Josh Allen and Cash is the way this week. Let's just throw a couple other names out there just to kind of chat about it, um, get some thoughts out there. You know, Justin Fields, we had this conversation last week. You know, how much would his, his price go up? I, my guess was the low 7, 7.2 maybe. Went all the way up to 7.6. I mean, this is this is quite the jump uh, If in one week for a quarterback. I mean, what are we looking at? It's like 1,400 from last week or something like that. I mean, I don't remember exactly, but it's it was quite the jump. Deservedly so, right? I mean, Justin Fields has been on fire, but for me, it's just I see Justin Fields at 76 and Josh Allen's just 900 more. Like, I'm going up to Josh Allen. Feel similarly? Yeah, I think it's one of those things with Fields. Like, he does have another good matchup. 7,600, it's, it's getting up there in price. It's getting closer to this other guys who we've seen for a longer period of time. Like, Justin Fields only has four games this season over 20 fantasy points on DraftKings, and it's been the last four games. So he's on a heater right now. Part of it is due to this run on rushing touchdowns. And we've seen this with other guys like Kyler, where they go on a little run of uh, rushing touchdown heater, and that'll wear off eventually. Like he's not going to have 60-yard rushing touchdowns every week. Each time he's done the 60-yard rushing touchdown, that's added 15 points to his fantasy score because he's Mm -hmm. breaking the 100-yard bonus as well. So... To me, like I, I see him coming back to earth. I think he's still has that same upside for tournaments, but I also think Josh Allen is much safer. We've seen it for longer. Just feels only throws like 150 passing yards. So if he's not getting there with his legs, then it it'll hurt it. But he is indoors, so that helps as well. Um, I don't hate it if you go there, but I think I'll just pay up the extra 900 for Josh Allen this week. The other player that I think at least will garner some interest um, is Daniel Jones. Um, I think very similar to Justin Fields in a lot of ways, quite frankly. Um, Really good matchup. He's playing Detroit. We know Detroit's not very good. The defense is usually free money. You know, we can't really count on him a lot through the air if it happens nice. But, you know, he he rushes. Nothing like, you know, not like Justin Fields, but, like, he can rush. I mean, he's, he's gone over 100 yards in a game this season, which we absolutely love to see. Like, you know, there's a floor of, you know, 20 to 30 yards rushing typically with Daniel Jones. Like, obviously there's risk there because he is, like, it is very possible that he puts up a 9 to 12 to 13 point game. Like, you run that risk when you play Daniel Jones every week. He's not good. But I think considering the price, 57, you know, you're coming down almost 3,000 off of Josh Allen, which can buy you a lot that I think we do see Daniel Jones as one of the more popular plays this week outside of Josh Allen, your thoughts there? Yeah, I think that's where I would go if I if I were to pay down and save it. There's not a lot of places to save this week. This is a pretty good matchup for him. Um, I he, he's just so inconsistent; it's hard to know. Uh, I think it's worth a shot on tournaments more so uh, because you're really going for that upside. But the floor is very low on on there, so that's the concern and. If, if I'm in that range, I'd probably just find a few hundred more. Uh, Kirk Cousins is in a pretty good matchup, a game that's high scoring expected. Uh, we know what just Jefferson can just make up 30 yard uh, plays for Cousins. So I think to me, like for safety reasons, I would prefer Cousins. Fair enough in cash. I like it. I mean, it's, 
I expect there you know, to be decent ownership on Josh Allen and then everything gets spread out after that. Like, I don't expect there to be like a clear second cut highest owned quarterback in cash this week. Um, so, I mean, it's tough, obviously, Lou, but, you know, let's just, you know, we're playing Josh Allen. We'll put it at that. We're going to find a way to give him the lineups, your pool of three quarterbacks. Uh, mine's Josh Allen. Then I'll say Justin Fields and uh, Dak Prescott. I like it. That's interesting. Going to the running back position here. I mean, we just talked about it with Daniel Jones. Let's start here at the top. Um, we're going to go arbitrary cutoff like we always do. Cutoff at Jonathan Taylor, 78. So we got Saquon Barkley and smash matchup against the Lions, 89. Nick Chubb, 82. Not a smash matchup. Delvin Cook, 8. And then Jonathan Taylor, 78. Jonathan Taylor was 75 last week. Lou, you know more than anybody how much of a good play that was. But out of these higher-priced running backs, Saquon, 89. Nick Chubb, 82. Delvin, 8. Jonathan Taylor, 78. Where does your interest lie? Yeah, for me, I think I'm trying to fit Jonathan Taylor while he's under 8K. This is probably going to be last week for that. Uh, the Philly defense isn't all that great against the run. That's where they generally have gotten more exposed this year. Taylor with Hines gone, I think just boosts his abilities. Uh, he's going to be a little more active in the passing game. We saw it last week. He can break out big plays and he had 24 touches in his first game back or uh, last week, full healthy without Hines. So, we are expecting Deion Jackson to be back, but he hasn't really, with Taylor, been all that active. So we'll see if that changes this week. But, I mean, Jonathan Taylor was the 101 in a lot of people's drafts this offseason. People have somewhat forgotten about him. Uh, I played him where I, where I could last week because he, was just, he has the same upside as pretty much any of the running backs above him. And he might have the best matchup and on paper uh, he is also going to be on turf, which helps with it at home. Um, Barkley is what's that 1100 more. I think I would just take the savings on Taylor. Yeah. I, I think like, it's important to note here that like we want to play Saquon Barkley, right? I mean, we'd love to play Saquon Barkley. It's just like, I think you have to make that decision is, are you going to play Josh Allen or are you going to play Saquon Barkley? Right. And you really can't afford both, I think, very safely in cash this week. And when you look at the other options, you know, outside of Josh Allen, and you look at the other options outside of Saquon Barkley, the options outside of Saquon Barkley um, are a little more appealing. So I think we are going to go with the Josh Allen option. We're fading Saquon Barkley. I mean, there's nothing to do with Saquon Barkley as the player. He's in a great spot. I expect him to absolutely crush. But we're looking at other places at the running back position, Jonathan Taylor, namely. Obviously, we're going JT. we got to go a little bit cheaper here at the running back position. I think there's a bunch of different ways you can go. There's not a lot of ways to save money. I don't think there's any glaring prices at running back. I think in the you know in the weeks past, we've saw a couple of really good like values that stick out to where like, yes, this is a locked in cash play. Let's play it. That really doesn't exist this week. There's no absolute just like stone, like lock, free square, as sometimes people call it, at the running back position. But one of the ones that I really like um, is going to be David Montgomery at 6,100. Again, really not that cheap. You're not saving a ton of money. But still, he's going to have a full workload with Khalil Herbert on IR. We know Atlanta Falcons 
defense is quite leaky. And of course, we've seen it this last two years. This could be a third year in a row that Dave Montgomery finishes out the year as pretty much a league winner. Um, he finished, you know, from week 12, I think in 2020, he was a top 10 running back. Uh, from week 12 onward in 2021, he was a top 12 running back. The Bears are comfortable giving him the workload. He know he can handle the workload. He can get some work in the pass game. So for me, you know, if I'm going JT, um, I'm probably very much likely going David Montgomery. Even 61 is not necessarily cheap. It's just the cheapest one that I think I'm comfortable with uh, in cash. Yeah, I think probably that's probably the case. Like safety in cash this week for running backs is tough. Uh, especially if, if I'm going to be playing Allen, I'm going to have to save funds. So that's where like not playing Barkley comes in. Um, I think Jonathan Taylor's probably safe enough for cash, but I don't know if I have the money I might want to be uh, spending it elsewhere. <sighs> I don't know. I know that you don't really like Damian Pierce. I think he's fine for cash, but like Dave Montgomery really opened up here. Um, Khalil Herbert now on injured reserve. We've seen when David Montgomery gets given a full workload, like he can have 30 touches in this game. Like he'll be active in the passing game as well as uh, probably get 20 carries. Mm -hmm. And it's a great matchup. Um, This is where I go back to fields a little bit because if Montgomery is going to be so massively owned this week, that makes Fields that much better play mm-hmm. uh, in tournaments because, you know, if, if Montgomery is not getting the rushing touchdowns, then you would assume it's probably Fields. So um, I don't think Ebner, people have been talking about Ebner a little bit. I don't think he's going to get enough workload uh, to really take away from Montgomery. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> if Ebner comes out of this game with like a 60-yard touchdown, I wouldn't be overly surprised. But um, – the Washington Houston game, it's just so. I wish it wasn't just so clear how much of a timeshare they each have, mm-hmm. uh, because facing the Texans is just like been a cheat code at running back. So I know you're a little more interested in in playing Brian Robinson in cash. Yes. I don't know how safe it is because if he doesn't get a touchdown, I think he fails for you. Uh, but at the same time, like you can just play running backs against the Texans. Gibson got hurt a, a little bit at one point uh, in their last game. So like, I don't know. I think I'd prefer probably Robinson cause he's cheaper of the two, even though with, with Gibson getting the pass game work, he might have more upside. Uh, so I guess sell me on Brian Robinson. Yeah. I mean, so the thing about Brian Robinson, it, it really just comes down to two things. It's one, you're playing against the Texans. The Texans run defense, 31st DVOA, 29th in yards allowed per carry. They're an absolute sieve, right? I, I, everyone knows this. You're going to score a ton of points if you're a running back and you're playing against the um, Houston Texans. Uh, J.D. McKissick just went on season-ending IR. Um, you know, I think that just it, it makes the funnel even smaller here uh, between just Gibson or just Ryan Robinson. And then you just look at, like, the sheer amount of points – um, that are given and I mean Houston's like giving up an extra like almost eight fantasy points a game to the running back position compared to the average right so I just look at the the volume at which Brian Robinson gets it and like yeah where you can't count on any targets like I don't think you should count on Brian Robinson getting a single catch and that's scary but 
you know, there's been games when, you know, he's gotten 26 carries, 20 carries. Like, I feel pretty comfortable this is in a matchup like this where Brian Robinson sees himself at, you know, hitting the 20-touch mark. And he's a good runner. Um, I think he finds the end zone. It, it's not maybe the safest call, right? Um, I, I don't know, I'll give you that. But I think it's just considering the matchup, you know, and personally, like, my, my projections on the week came out really strong with Brian Robinson. Has him in the top 20 running back. Um, the way things projected when I went through my numbers this week, I'll have him ranked on Fantasy Pros in the ECR contest in the top 20 as well. So um, the numbers like it, the de- like everything that, you know, the boxes that I look for for players to check, it, it he checks them, right? Obviously, the box that he doesn't check is going to be the pass game, but I think this is like one of the few times when I would prefer Brian Robinson over Gibson. If you wanted to play Gibson, for example, Lou, like I think I'd be okay with that. But mm. I think picking either Gibson or Brian Robinson is the move, and I'm going Brian Robinson's way. Yeah, I, I think you. it's funny because you almost expect more touches out of Robinson, but with DK scoring, if Gibson has three catches for 30 uh, rushing yards, that equals the Brian Robinson touchdown. So... Yeah. Um, uh, that's the side of it that is is tough for me. I think you just also go with the cheaper guy because uh, yep. you're going to need to save money on this slate somehow. So um, that's where I think I would lead Robinson between the two. I'm just not sure if I'm going to do it in cash yet or not. Um, and I think just to also talk about Pierce real quick is um, you know I'm not playing Pierce right. Um, I think it's kind of like the opposite reason where I look at the Washington football team. You know, their second DVOA run defense, tenth yards allowed per carry. They they are staunch up front. Um, and secondly, their their pass funnel. I mean, the commander's pass sees 20th DVOA, 29th yards allowed per pass. You look at it like from more of like a fantasy point perspective, um, you know, and it's just a really nice matchup in terms of like, oh, like it's easy for pass catchers to score points against the Washington football team. And I think that the path of re- least resistance for the Houston Texans is, is going to be um, through the air. So I just look at this as an example of it's it's more so the price, you know. I, I think that like he's priced appropriately finally, around sixty five hundred. That like I just there's enough savings there for me to go down off of Damian Pierce in a game where I think the Texans might have a lot more success throwing the football than they have running the football. So I I'm off of, of Damian Pierce. I know he's he's a bit of a workhorse, but you know, I just look at you know possible game script as well here Lou like you know Texans are home dogs in this one you know that's got to play a little bit of a factor things are just not adding up for me in terms of you know wanting to play him I think he's a bit of a trap play here with Damian Pierce yeah Uh, for me it's like last week he had what 13 points he was super chalky yeah we played him it was fine but it wasn't it wasn't what we were looking for yeah um the difference for me is I think the problem is he's what 1000 above the Washington guys. Yep. And, 1, which I can't seem to find. Yeah. And, and the difference for me is that like they, he probably gets about the same amount of points as them most of the times. Yeah. Um, it comes down to who gets to touch down in Washington, I think for me. So that's, that's sort of the, the issue, but I mean, I don't, I don't hate it going down to Robinson. Like, there's a lot of ways that you can use that uh, 1,200 in other positions. It's a way of not having to play double tight end, which will probably come to later. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, tight end, man. I mean, 5,300, it, it's also like 5,300 for 
Brian Robinson or do you go down to one of those 4K tight ends? So yep. that's the other thing is it's like you really maybe you're saving 2K off of Pierce um, if you're if you're considering it on the flex. Like it seems like you're pretty set on your 1A and B to be Montgomery Taylor. So yep. I think in that sense, you're really comparing Pierce to the wide receivers at yep. 6,500 um, and then – Ryan Robinson to guys in that range. So I think when it comes down to it, like this is the third guy in. So, um, you don't have to. I mean, Pierce, does he have 30, 30 point upside? Sure. He, like he could get 100 yards and two touchdowns. But, um, I don't know. It's, it's kind of gross betting on the Texans offense. I'm with you. Any other running backs that you want to talk about? Like, you know, I think it's yeah. pretty straightforward for me. I'm playing JT. I'm playing Montgomery. If I want to go third, I'm going Brian Robinson. If you want to play Gibson, you play Gibson. Where else does your interest lie? Yeah, I think people are probably going to play Mixon. I'm not overly excited about it. I think I like the passing attack there more. Um, I think like Kamara's in that weird price range where I'm just going to play Taylor there. Uh, Cook is a good way. Dalvin Cook is a good way of getting off of the passing attack that's going to be chalkier in that game. Um, what do you think about uh, Josh Jacobs this week? Because he's he's somewhat polarizing with the way he's been playing. Like either he has these games where he gets like eight targets and multiple touchdowns, and he blows up. Like is he too boom busty? Um, He's probably okay in tournaments, but like him compared to Jonathan Taylor, I think people after last week from Taylor might be more interested in playing him than Jacobs. Jacobs is somewhat forgotten, but Mm -hmm. uh, do you have any interest in Jacobs this week? Not in cash, but I think he makes a great tournament play. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, it was super hot in October. Like I was putting up like 30 point games pretty consistently, but like, the Raiders is a t- tough team to trust. And, like, the Broncos defense, albeit the, the Broncos defense is an absolute elite defense, but they're much, much better against the pass. Um, like, they just don't allow quarterbacks to throw touchdowns. They don't allow receiving touchdowns. But, you know, where they can give up some yards is on the ground, naturally. You can't be perfect everywhere. So, you know, Josh Jacobs, I think, in more of a tournament lens is a good play because mm-hmm. if the Raiders are going to have success on offense, I think it comes on the ground through Josh Jacobs. But, you know, I think it's – the Looking at the game, it's it's a tough defense. I don't expect a lot of points to be scored in this one. The Raiders aren't looking that good. The price is just a little bit too high for me to want him to get him get him there in cash. It's too risky in cash for me, but I think he does make a really good tournament play as we've seen the ceiling for him hit consistently. Um, so there's interest there, but cash, I'm looking the other way. Yeah, and one that I was interested in, which this depends really on injury reports later, so Baltimore rushing, uh, Kenyon Drake, 5,900. Would you have interest in him 600 more than Robinson uh, if Edwards weren't going to play? And then second half of that, if Edwards plays, he's 5,500. Do we mm. think he's a step above Drake uh, in that depth chart, or would he also be in a committee in which case, like we we've seen Gus Edwards have, multiple touchdowns in games, he probably would be more likely to get a touchdown than Drake. Uh, Drake might have more upside with uh, passing, but do you have any interest in the Ravens running backs? 
slight, slight. I mean, I think the thing is, like, either way, I, I think I'd rather play Gibson than I would Drake uh, or Gus Edwards. Um, you know, let's just say Gus Edwards sits, Drake's at 59. I don't think I'm getting there. I think I'm going to that commander's backfield. You know, if Gus Edwards does suit up mm, at 5,500 in a good matchup, like, I'm probably... It's a good question, Lou. I'm probably not going to do it. Um, I think the floor is just like six to eight points here. So, I mean, you can say something about Brian Robinson, I get it. But I think the matchup is just a little bit better for Brian Robinson. Um, so, I, I get the call. I get the thought process here. But um, I'm probably going to avoid this one. I think if I if I had to go a direction, it would probably be Gus over Kenyon Drake uh, if they're both active. But yeah. the interest is mild. It's just not not where I'm going. A uh, pool of five running backs, Lou, and if there's a, a fifth one in there we haven't chatted about, let's do it. Sure. Um, I have Taylor, Pierce, Montgomery, Brian Robinson, uh, I'll say uh, Barkley. Let's start like we do, always at the top, wide receivers. We'll go 8K and up, see how we feel about these guys. Justin Jefferson, 91. Devonta Adams, 87. Diggs, 83. A.J. Brown, 8. These are the elite options above 8K. Interest in some, all, none. Thoughts here? Yeah, for me, I think it's it's a little tougher to go way up at wide receiver. Like I think Justin Jefferson's a great play every week. It's hard to game stack that one. So I think he might come in not overly owned. Um, but this guy has over 30 points in four separate games this season. Like he's just a guy that cousins is locking down on. You don't have cup to comp to. I think Adams has a much more difficult matchup, even though he's been doing great the last few weeks as well. Um, So yeah, I I was going to say for me, I think my favorite up here is probably Diggs. I think AJ Brown has somewhat of a difficult matchup against the Colts. Um, for 800 less than Jefferson, you can get digs now that they're indoors. That helps with it as well. Um, so I'd probably go digs Jefferson as mm-hmm. the only two up here. Yeah, I can't afford them. I'll be, I'll be blunt. Like I, I think it's similar you might to be able one. to get digs. So it it's kind of like uh, if you don't play Allen, you should probably try to find the money to play digs. Yeah, that's fair. That's how I would think of it. That's fair. But like if I don't play Allen, I'm using that money to get to Saquon. Um, so it's tough, but. I'll be. I mean, it's 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 fair. Um, I don't have the money to play. Uh, I like obviously J. Jeff and Diggs smash plays every week, but I can't get to them. This next range, though, let's drop right below these four. I think this is where things get interesting. This is where you can at least get one of these guys. C. D. Lamb seventy five. Expect to be very highly owned in this one. Amon Ross St. Brown seventy two. Probably decently owned. He's just a good cash play because the volume's coming his way. And then T. Higgins, as we know, good matchup against the Steelers. No Jamar Chase this week, 71. Your thoughts on CeeDee Lamb, 75. Amon Ross, 72. T. Higgins, 71. Expect this to be a popular direction that folks go. Yeah, I think people are going to just continue to click Amon Ross St. Brown's uh, name each and every week. He's so consistent. And without Hawkins in there, like his targets are just going to be pretty consistent every Every single he's week, getting, he's literally he's, getting like a third of the passes. Yeah. Like it's literally thirty like percent um, target share. Yeah, and like the only issue I have with Amonra this week, I think it's 
he pretty much each week is like you play him in cash and I haven't been playing him much as much in tournaments. Um, I did play him when, when they were facing the, the f- fields and you know, he was sort of the bring back option there. But uh, I think if you're playing a game stack of that game, like Amonra with Saquon or, or Slayton, like that's probably decent. But um, I think CD, we saw his upside last week. He is a great matchup. I think more people will play CD than Amon Ra. I think people are going to try to play both. I think it's a good idea to try to play both. It's tough to play uh, both, especially you're if you're saving off yeah. of digs. Uh, I don't think either of them are that much worse of a play than digs, but I think people are going to go CD and Amon Ra before Higgins, which makes Higgins a great tournament play, which is why I keep going back to this like Burrow Higgins stack mm-hmm. in tournaments. I think Burrow, uh, or I should say Higgins will probably still be somewhat popular though. Like he is one of the best matchups on the entire slate. So that's the thing is like the guys 8k and up are all in somewhat more difficult matchups, but these guys in the 7k are all in like smash yeah. spots. So mm-hmm. it's worth it to just drop down from that top tier to come here. And then, and then Mike points out here, I haven't, I haven't checked the weather yet. So we're trusting Mike here, uh, our friend, Mike, but horrible wins in the New York giants, Detroit game. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not really interested in the, in the Giants pass catchers, but like, yeah, that is something to take in mind with Amon Ra. Um, I think he's got a short enough a dot to where like the wins would have to be extremely bad for me not to be interested because he is getting kind of the shorter passes. If the wind is so bad and they opt for more of a shorter passing game, I think that even helps Amon Ra. But definitely something to monitor as um, you know we get to like you know that yep. noon time tomorrow. I didn't I did not know that one, so appreciate the heads up yeah. there, Mike. I mean to to go off of that point, like. There has been all over the country this week. There's been snowstorms, and we saw that happen with with the Buffalo game. There's a few wind games this week. Um, that also is like a reason when we're, we're talking about like some of these games and why Josh Allen becomes that much better of a play. Like the indoor games, like Fields also is going to be in the dome in Atlanta. Um, New Orleans is playing indoors. Not that like we're too interested in plays in that game. But Mm -hmm. I do think that talking about games that are playing indoors, like Dallas, Minnesota is also going to be indoors, right? Minnesota is indoor, right? They, they change that up. Um, So so, like, I, I just think it makes it a lot easier with these pass catchers to pick the ones that are in good matchups, like CD who's indoors against the Vikings that have been giving up a lot of fancy points to wide receivers. Um, Amonra, I I definitely have the most concern in this range, I would say. Fair. Um if I were to pick like I'm trying I've been trying to fit Lamb and Amonra in a cash team. Every time I only fit one, it's Lamb. Makes sense. Um let's drop down before we go to cheap cheap wide receivers here. There's two guys that I think are at least worthy of talking about. Um, you know, between this group that we just talked about and the cheap guys, back to back, Cortland Sutton six K. Judy is out. Raiders, we know they're not a good defense, especially against the pass. And then Terry McLaurin fifty nine. Um, you know, I think there's like a conversation we had, like, yeah, like I don't know if I'm playing Terry with the running backs, clearly, but Heineke clearly has eyes for Terry and Terry only. He he locks on a Terry and just peppers him with targets. So I think both these guys are at a price where we're at least considering them. Thoughts on Sutton and McLaurin? 
yeah, I think I I do like both of them. I don't know if I'm going to play either in cash. Like six K is such a it's a tough range this week. It's like just go up the one K or go down um, and save it. But I think Sutton is he's like the only option there right now for Denver. Heineke just locks down on Terry McLaurin whenever we've seen them play together. Uh, Houston doesn't have the best defense. If people are going to be trying to play Washington's running backs, I think that just makes Terry even better of a play. Uh, probably just more so for tournaments. Uh, I'm, I think I prefer Sutton the most uh, in this range. Because of the matchup, but this is another one. Like, it snowed all week in Denver. It's on the ground. Like, it's cold in Denver. Maybe they will lean on the run a little more, both sides of that game. So, I'm not sure, but um, I like both of them. I probably won't go there in cash, though. Understandable. Understandable. Uh, let's go to the cheap plays, Lou. Um, you know, we, we, this is a week where I think we have to play some cheap wide receivers. We really just have, you, know, you can go double tight end. We can get to that in a second, but like you have to play some cheaper tight effort. at least one. Sorry. You have to play some cheaper wide receivers, at least one cheap wide receiver to be able to kind of get things done here. Um, you know, I'll kind of start things off here. Talk about cheap wide receivers. It's going to be Paris Campbell, Paris Campbell sitting there at 4,300, you know, things were not good with Ellinger, you know, but Matt Ryan has, has, has shown, um, to lock on to Paris Campbell a bit. We saw nine targets in week 10 and then the prior games with Ryan, uh, 12 targets, 11 targets. I mean, he's just peppering the hell out of Paris Campbell. You know, I don't necessarily like Paris Campbell as a player, but we can't admit, you know, we can't overlook the fact that Matt Ryan is, you know, has lost some gas with the arm. So he's looking underneath and Paris Campbell is benefiting from some of these low A dot targets. So to me, you know, I think seven, eight targets is a pretty fair projection for Paris Campbell. And at 4,300, regardless of the matchup, we know the Eagles have been great against the pass, but that's particularly on the outside. Uh, they've been good with, with Slay and Bradbury. So uh, a little bit, a little bit, um, you know, I would say weaker or more susceptible to some yards uh, underneath. And that kind of lends itself to Paris Campbell. So it's really the price here where it's like, I'm looking at the targets per price and Paris Campbell jumps. He's the guy that's in my cash lineup as of today. Your thoughts on him? Yeah, I think he's probably, unfortunately, uh, one of the safest plays in this 4K range this week for wide receivers. I just think, like, it's worth it to me. Like, you're, you're saving a lot of money. There's just not been any 3K wide receivers that are really worth safety. Uh, you have, like, Alec Pierce, who's also in that game. He's 3,900, and... Uh, We've seen it with some of these other guys. People have been talking about Kendall Hinton, but he's also somewhat injured oh, uh, for 3600 Yeah, I can't do it, though, man. I think if I went cheaper, it would be Ben Skronik, who also isn't that safe. But if he's going to be playing in the slot for Cup, uh, that seems like he could get peppered with targets. But yeah, like, I think Paris Campbell, you, you could say Nico Collins is probably similarly safe. Uh, but I think Campbell in this matchup is probably Ryan just seems to lock down on him every once in a while. So, um, I like Paris Campbell the most in this range. I think Jahan Dobson's okay. If you want like a flyer, what do you think about Van Jefferson? He's 4,500. 
I think I prefer Skronik just because of how like Stafford plays in this matchup wise. Um, but do you have any interest in Van Jefferson now that Cup is out? No, I'm not doing it. That's not where I'm going with the cheap ways. I'm I'm just not betting on this Rams offense whatsoever, anywhere, ever for a bit here. Um I don't wanna guess where those targets go between Higby, Skronek, Allen Robinson, Van Jefferson. Who's going on at the at the running back? I just think that it, it is that bad right now that I just have zero interest in playing these Rams. So no nah, man, I'm just, I'm just not doing it. Um, what do you think of the uh, Slayton and Garrett Wilson? The like a I, little yeah. more expensive guys. I th- I think Slayton's a fine player. Again, I mentioned I'm not playing him. I mean, might really definitely might not play him. Like Mike mentioned about the weather, if it's bad, um, I think he's a fine. A fine play, especially if if Wendell Robinson misses in this game, um, and it's a great matchup. So I would totally get the Darius Slayton call. Um, I like Garrett Wilson a bit more. Like m- much worse of a matchup. We know how great the Pats have been against the Pats, and frankly, the Jets have tried their darnest to hide Zach Wilson behind their good defense and their running backs. I mean, they just traded for James Robinson. I, I expect the Jets to try to run as much as they can and rely on the defense, but. You know, Garrett Wilson, I, I just think he's that guy. You know, first-round pick, he's an absolute dog. He's got a lot of red zone looks. They look to him early and often in the red zone. I know the matchups are extremely rough, but I would much rather, you know, go to Garrett Wilson who I project to get more targets, and I think he's just a better player um, than Darius Slayton. So right now, Garrett Wilson is a guy that I'm definitely toying with as somebody to get into my cash lineups. I don't necessarily love it in my cash lineups, but I think it's just the circumstances where I need to save the money. And I like the other plays so much more that I'm willing to bite the bullet and put in Garrett Wilson, a person that I personally have a lot of faith in, you know, as an elite talent, as a player. So I, I like Garrett Wilson over Slayton um, pretty comfortably. Yeah. Yeah, I agree that it, at least for cash, I think if you're playing a tournament lineup where, Maybe it's a Daniel Jones based lineup, or you're trying to play uh, players in that Giants game. I think Slayton's my favorite of the pass catchers, uh, but definitely my favorite of the plays would be Barkley in that game. Yep. So, um, yeah, I, I don't have too much interest uh, in cash for Slayton. I would also side with, with Garrett Wilson there. And something I was just thinking about too when you mentioned about Scrawn, because I think that Aaron Robinson might end up in the slot, to be honest with you. And he could have interest in him. He's he's done well. If I, had, if I had to pick a Rams player that I would play, it would be <laughs> Allen Robinson. The only issue with Allen Robinson is like fifty six hundred to me is just a little more expensive than I would want. I, I'd rather just play DJ Moore. Yeah, right next precisely. To him. Yeah, so that's that. Um, any other wide receivers you want to touch on before we ask you for your pool and move on to the tight ends? No, I think uh, I. I probably will go back to the well and play some Gallup this week uh, because of how owned Lamb is going to be. It's just sort of the leverage play off of it. Um, I don't love playing it, but who knows? Maybe Lamb gets six yards and a touchdown this the week. Um, but I don't have too much other interest uh, in the wider receivers, really. Pool of five. Lamb, Amon Ra, uh, Higgins, Sutton, and Garrett Wilson. 
tight ends here, man. Things are at least interesting here. I don't think there's any, like, smash plays that are really speaking to me. But the thing is, I think there's a bunch of solid plays at the tight end position to where, like, if you were, you know, wanting to do the, the rare double tight end, this might be one of the weeks where it's viable. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of ways to go here. I'll be honest, you know, I think what, what fits for me and what, what, what direction that I see myself going is Hayden Hurst, 3,500. No Jamar Chase. Pittsburgh Steelers, pretty bad pass defense. It just fits for me. I think there's a guy's, you know, you know, a couple notches ahead of Hayden Hurst that I think are I'm interested in, but Hayden Hurst is kind of the guy that I've been finding myself wanting to go to. I think Foster Moreau is solid too, but Hurst is the direction. He's cheaper than Moreau. 35. Thoughts on Hurst? Who are some of your favorite tight end plays? Yeah, I think it's one of those weeks with tight ends where it's like, do whatever you want here. Um, I don't think Hurst is my favorite of them, but uh, as mentioning this to you earlier today, that like you can basically choose any tight end from 3,500 to 4,500 and play them, and I wouldn't think anything of it. Like you can just play whichever one, and in that case, like Hurst is the cheapest. Um, I like Dulcich a lot. Similar reasons to why I like Sutton. Um, just there's less and less options there. If, if Judy's out, um, I think Dulcich is one of the guys that probably going to get some ownership. Um, I think Dalton Schultz is a great play in that game. Yep. Another way off Schultz. of land, but I think people are going to play both of them. That's where I come back to Gallup. I think if you're going to play a Dak stack, Dak, Lamb, and Schultz, there. like everyone's trying to do that. Um, so, like, Pitts, I probably won't play any Pitts, but, like, Fryermuth, Komet, Higby, these are all guys that are in pretty similar situations where with the injuries to wide receivers at this point in the season, these tight ends are starting to get more targets. Uh, we saw Komet has now back-to-back games with two touchdowns. He's been breaking the slate. Um, he's probably still my favorite to, to match up with Fields. Like, I'd probably rather play commit than um, Mooney. I think in tournaments, the tight end you pick for me, every, and I usually do this, but uh, for me, like whoever your quarterback is, bring his tight end with him mm-hmm. uh, for tournaments. So in Burrow stacks, that's Hurst um, in, or like Fryermuth, if he's doing the other side of it, like keep him within that game. Uh, but yeah, for me, it's like anyone from 35 to 4,500, you can even play likely if you, if Andrews is back, but you might have the take that he's somewhat limited, like likely could be a great play too. That's where like, I think Hawkinson is going to be a decent tournament play because people aren't going to want to pay that much for tight ends. Would you have interest in playing Andrews? 6,800 is really hard to get to this week for tight end. I mean, not in cash, but I like him as a tournament play. I think I think Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews stack is going to be really under-owned because people yeah. just don't want to play Lamar and they don't want to pay that much for a tight end, especially with some you know tight end coming right off injury. So I, I think it's a sneaky stack to, to have in some larger tournaments, but cash is just not not where I go. Um, like you mentioned, tight end, you know, there's a lot of ways to go. Let's, let's narrow the pool down here, Lou. Give me, give me four tight ends that you're most interested in playing. Let, let's narrow it for the folks. Uh, yeah, for me, it's it's going to be Schultz, Fryermuth, Dulcich, and then Hurst. Tight ends, 
Sorry, it's done. Defense yeah. special teams. Um, this one you like. It's it's kind of an interesting week. I thought originally it was going to be pretty concentrated for defenses. The thing is, like a lot of these cheaper defenses are in pretty good spots this week. Uh, Steelers. Burrow does get sacked a decent amount. People go to Steelers at twenty three hundred. Texans twenty four hundred. I like Raiders against Russ Wilson, who doesn't really hasn't really been all that exciting this year mm-hmm. for the Broncos. Also, cold game, uh, cold weather games. This is this is a place where like you could go to those um, games that are outdoors that are having potentially going to be lower scoring or the win. Um, Saints against Walford. Um, just in general, play defenses against the Rams this year has worked out. I think, Staff- I think Stafford's I think it's decent defense. Um, yeah, even if it's Stafford, like without Cup, what is Stafford? It's pretty rough. Um, so it could be rough for for the Rams here the next few weeks. Um, Saints are also like a great matchup. I like the Jets. Uh, Mac Jones hasn't. Mac Jones and Zap haven't been all that great uh, or threatening for. QBs and it's funny like how many how many times it's what like I think 10 and 2 uh is the last 12 games for the Jets I think I saw stat Jets Patriots games like Jets generally don't do well against the Patriots but this mm-hmm. year we're just thinking like Jets should control that game so I, I like the Jets defense as well off of Saints at 2800 Yep, I'm pretty much just playing Texans or Steelers. It fits. I need the money. 23-24 is where I'm at. Lou, let's. Uh, we're getting to this 45-minute mark here. Final thoughts on Week 11 slate. Yeah, I think uh, pay attention to injury news and weather news heading into uh, Sunday. A lot of the games already have somewhat low totals, which means people will be going to Dallas, Minnesota, uh, Buffalo, and Cleveland, like a lot of the games are going to have concentrated ownership because these other games just have weak totals and not that exciting of players in them. So, yeah, I think uh, that's that's what I'm looking at this week is there might be stuff changing up uh, towards the end of the week with injury news. Maybe they're surprised inactives or actives um, in there that could change things up. Plug the work, plug the Twitter. At Lucky underscore Ludog, I work at Lucky Trader. I do DraftKings Rainmakers content for them as well. You can find me on Twitter, at FFTylero. That's all we have today, folks. Don't forget, tell somebody you love them. Later. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. a game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row we win one tomorrow that's called a winning streak